Welcome to the fourth edition of Cramps and Cinema on the Editorial Podcast. I'm Nikki. And this is Chris, and we are super excited to be bringing you an in-depth look at some PMS-worthy movies. So grab some ice cream, a heating pad, and some Advil, and join us for some movies and menstruation. This month, we're watching the 2004 Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore reunion film, Fifty First Dates. The film follows playboy Henry Roth, a commitment phobe who falls for Lucy, a very forgetful gal who has no short-term memory. Henry is challenged as he makes Lucy fall in love with him every day as he struggles with the idea of settling down with a girl that can't remember him past 24 hours. And Lucy struggles to maintain relationships as she relives her trauma every day while having her very protective family interfere along the way. Can these two make it work? Nikki, let's talk about this movie what did you think i i did watch this movie a long long time ago and i don't remember anything about it (laughs) and uh but yeah i like the dynamic between adam sandler and drew barrymore i liked i like the idea of i like the idea of somebody who was so polar from yeah. the person that they end up to fall in love with. Yeah. And Ula in the movie said, this girl's perfect for you. Literally, he likes to go and poach tourists because they're not on the island. They'll yeah. leave Hawaii and not come back. So <laughs> it was very interesting to see him kind of shift in terms of like, oh shit, I want this girl to yeah. remember me. I want to be with this girl. And again, it's like a very nice little story and a question that we should all ask ourselves like if especially if you're, you know, the category of people who believe in love, who believe in marriage and being with someone that one person for longer than you've been alive as a human being it's it's a very interesting concept of how do you continually love someone for that long yeah i i this movie it's funny because it's one of my favorite movies i i love i love drew barrymore and i love adam sandler together like the first movie that they did was was the wedding singer which is easily one of my favorite films Mm -hmm. we're watching that if yes we have to it's like we've watched this one we've got (laughs) to see where it all began Okay. Because uh, the two of them together in that movie is just, if not more sweet. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's very cute. It's a very nice sort of easy film to watch. And I think you might actually like it a little bit more than this because it's a little oh, less really? problematic. Okay, we'll get okay. into why it's problematic a little bit later. But right from the get-go, the, the A story follows Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. And like you said, he's he his whole MO is to date gals from off the island because it's temporary it's like they go away and he never has to see them again and he gets the satisfaction every single time of like the 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 meet cute right so the meet cute in, yes. in 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 movie and movie land and writing land is basically when two characters meet for the first time this movie yes. is one giant set of meet cutes yes and that's why this is perfect for him because like it's a meet cute consistently every time he talks to drew barrymore so it's like he basically has to to win her every time and there's like this giant montage in the middle where like he basically stops drew barrymore's character uh lucy as she's like coming to and from the restaurant 
consistently with all of these tactics to get to talk to her because like that's the thrill for him Mm -hmm. is the meet cute so it's very funny to see him sort of transition like you were saying from this serial instant gratification to like this long-term sort of relationship over the course of what almost is a year that they that they follow in this movie it's it's really interesting character development wise and the story the narrative itself is is beautiful with the two of them and sort of the progression that they both take that that is sort of where it ends in terms of like likability of this movie it's like if you stripped away all of the other stuff this movie is perfect and it makes me really upset because it's an adam sandler movie like it's the movie that we shouldn't be taking seriously but it actually like it hits me right in the feels every single time like i i cry it's it's something i cried yeah no i cried i think here's a question though that i want to propose chris is Mm -hmm. that do you think Adam Sandler's character actually really changed in terms of development? Because he he still is getting the thrill of yeah. what he chases, right? It's like he always chases tourists, get goes on a date with them, sleeps with them, and then just like bye bye, they're on a plane, you know. But like, and then I think for him it was always like, oh. I, I don't have a cell phone. I don't have a number or like yeah. blah, blah, blah. So it's like he will never have to deal with the consequences. He'll never have to really deal with everything that comes along with a relationship. Because here's the thing in that if you could just put yourself in his shoes for a moment, imagine if you got into a huge fight. I don't think it would even lead to that. First of all, I don't think it will lead to a huge fight because women, we keep all of our thoughts in one giant box and we'll reach to the depths of that box to to bring up something that happened eons ago mm-hmm. just to fight you uh you know we'll bring shit up like uh, just on a whim you know and uh, even me with the worst fucking memory oh i can remember that one time like that three years ago when you said that one thing three days before thanksgiving <laughs> like i will i will <laughs> You know, but then you won't get that because she'll forget past 24 hours. Yeah, and I, uh, uh, there's a couple of, like, key plot points that were put in place to that that really does show his development because I really do think that this character does grow. Like, Henry grows. So right from that first montage, like, when the movie opens, the movie opens with this, like, smash cut montage of, like, you know, 10 or so women and Kevin James randomly in the yes. middle. <laughs> as Jennifer. As uh, casted as Jennifer. Uh, yes. Uh, describing pretty much the same story about Henry. It's like they meet this guy, they have some fun for the week that they're there, and then it's like he disappears. But mm-hmm. it then becomes uh, him, and I. it really starts to take note when he makes the video for her. Like, he makes the video for her. Yes. That then... So basically what happens is we find out that um, Lucy has no short-term memory. She was in a horrible accident that left her with with no memory past 24 hours. So she basically lives every day like it was the day before the accident. So she has the same sort of routine every single day. Her father and her bonehead brother basically set up the day the day for her every single day because that's what she did 
the day before the accident. So uh, when Adam Sandler's character, Henry, decides how about she not have any more bad days, a bad day basically happens where she comes to like this very snap realization that it's not the day of the accident anymore. It's several months after the fact. It's nearly a year after the fact. Um, And she has a full meltdown that Adam Sandler's character is like, how about we just make her this video that basically tells her everything at the beginning of the day so she can start to get on with her life. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden it went from him being this temporary thing that would disappear in 24 hours to like now a permanent part of her learning and development, right? It's like, oh, yeah. yes, now this this weirdo, this egg this egg head man, egg-shaped <laughs> head man is fucking Humpty Dumpty over here. Yes, this weirdo is is in my life and he's uh he's a p- important part of my life. Um and this is my dad and this is my brother. So it's it's really interesting to sort of see that development because old Henry wouldn't have wanted that. He would have been still exploiting that 24-hour reset, right? And then the mm-hmm. other thing to that, to take that further, is I'm jumping ahead. Again, guys, there will be spoilers in this. Like, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> don't listen to it if you don't want spoilers. But, <laughs> yeah, basically, like, we find out that when... Henry was making the videos for her, Lucy also started carry, um, started creating a journal for herself. So she wasn't yes. seeing what Henry was presenting her for that reality. She was creating her own reality that she could hear in her own words. Yes. So, uh, you know, while she might not have the memory box to, to pull things out from, you know, three days before Thanksgiving, uh, mm-hmm. she had... A journal where she was able to, uh, you know, figure out sort of what the feelings were that she had at that time. She was able to remember, or not remember, but, you know, document certain times where she felt certain things. So it was Mm -hmm. like she started to have her own autonomy. And Henry started to have his own autonomy and how he was able to, to create an impact in her life. So... It's it's sort of give or take in sort of that way. It's like they almost create this relationship just based on on their own autonomy and accept it because of their own autonomy. So I don't think it's less I think for sure that character does grow just based on that alone. Hmm. Yeah, I agree because I think for me I just struggled whether or not he actually developed his character in terms of being totally polar from what he was initially in the movie. Mm-hmm. But the pivotal point for me and what really irked me in my heartstrings was when he told the father, like, what's going to happen when literally what if she fucking, you know, snaps out of it one day, wakes up and sees that she's aged and sees that, yeah. you know, years and years have passed and the father goes yeah I I worry about that every day right and so and the father and the brother going to the lengths of lengths of you know printing all the same newspaper that she reads the same day that's before the accident to repainting the wall at night that will now have like 10 inches thick of paint and and like rewashing her one pink top all the time and it's yeah. it's gonna get holes eventually like you can only keep that ruse up for you know however long and then 
when she goes to that cafe for breakfast on Sundays, she's going to start noticing that some people are fucking carrying around tablets as phones. They're going to, one day she's going to see flying cars. There's, there's no way that she could have, you could prevent her from seeing reality sooner or later. She's going to find out. And it's interesting because there's a little plot hole for me where it's like, yes, she started that journal to tell herself what her days were like in her eyes and her yeah. mind versus watching the videotape alone and being told what her life was like. How the fuck does she remember that she had a journal to begin with? Like she would have forgotten past the first day. Yo, you put it on your table and it's the first thing that you see in the morning. Anytime I got to like, guess. remember, I remember that was like my hack at U of T. If I would like print something out in the wee hours of the night uh because you know procrastination and uh, you would finish something at like three in the morning and you'd be like crap it's done and like your class is in three hours so you have like two hours of sleep and you're not thinking clearly in the morning you put like you know you put your keys on top of the thing and you're like ah yes i have to find my keys and i also remember to take the piece of paper with me that i worked so hard on yeah so i guess it was like you would alice in wonderland it you put a post-it on it and be like read me (laughs) Yeah. Like right in the morning. <laughs> right? But also another question. Yeah. You know how she sleeps and then she forgets. Yeah. Because we have that dramatic traumatizing scene where, you know, like that night Adam Sandler's character, Henry, had asked her to marry him. Oh, And God. they were both falling asleep. And he's like, hey, don't fall asleep. Like, Guys, I, I'll go downstairs. Like, I'll fa- don't fall asleep. I cried. I cried Lake Ontario. I just, I, I wept. I lost so much fluid. I leaked <laughs> out of my face. Nice. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to leak anywhere else. So Snot face mascara is okay. everywhere. It was rough stuff. Ew, yeah, no, that was a rough scene because you then see what it's like for it's such a real thing like yeah. you struggle with that every day you wake up there's a fucking stranger in your bed like what the hell you know yeah and then also that same day she made the realization too after watching the videotape that she overhears the conversation of henry with her father and the father asking about him and his boat adventure yeah you know to antarctica or whatever and he had put that on pause and so she's like I feel bad. I feel there's no future for me. There shouldn't be a future for us. Don't put your life on pause, right? So that scene really makes you think. And, you know, I I was just thinking, going back to that scene, you know, of her falling asleep. And that's the reason, you know, it's like a reset every time she falls asleep at night. Why don't they just try not sleeping? Like, what if she's just, like, is awake all the time? Because you'd go, you'd go serial killer level crazy. Like, you would, you would murder everyone. Like, when I'm running on two hours of sleep, I'm ready to snap anyone's throat. I'm ready to snap the barista's throat at Starbucks, who, like, messes up my order. Right, okay. Yeah. Because I was just like, why don't they try not sleeping? You know? Like, what if there was, like, a cry cryogenic chronogenic uh little free cryogenic freezer i don't even know cryogenic (laughs) yeah is that what i'm trying to say yes cryogenic freezer where she'll be like okay honey 
you go to bed. I'll just hop into the freezer, freeze herself while awake. And then just, and it's like she's rested because her body stops aging because she's frozen. Yes. And then comes back out. Yeah. But now she'll remember. Now you're talking about like the X-Men franchise. This isn't an Adam Sandler movie anymore. Right. (laughs) Collab as a future collab collab. (laughs) when they decide to remake the movie as they naturally will well they should because there's so many like you said there's actually quite a bit of problematic things in this movie now that we're watching it in 2020 yeah do you want to touch on on some of the things yeah uh i want to go back though before i i get worked up because yeah i think i think uh, what you were saying about uh, uh, that moment where like she finds out that like her life is, you know, is, is not sort of being of use to anyone and for Adam Sandler's character to go and, you know, do the expedition that he's been planning to do right from the get go. Like you, we find mm-hmm. out early on that that was like his primary motivation was to get this decrepit ship working so he could sail it to Antarctica. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, that hit me so hard in the feels. Like, I've had that conversation. I've had that conversation after my diagnosis. Like, wary of people and being like, guys, like, listen, I am not a long-term investment. You guys need to figure out your lives and, like, do what you got to do. Like, don't don't base anything around me because, you know, I'm that one investment that may not pay off in the long run. And, like, seeing that play out and watching her take those actions was... And her having the autonomy to take those actions was just devastating to watch. And then seeing the repercussions afterwards, like that scene where it, everything's happened. She's cut him out of every memory that she has tangibly. And then, you know, she goes to the aquarium where Henry works and walks right past mm-hmm. him. And yeah. that just gutted me. Like the whole like second act into the third act was just a whole mess. I I lost so many fluids. So I, many. <laughs> I I I know I get what you're saying because for sure you can look at this movie in another way where this is a an illness, right? Yeah. And you could you could substitute her uh, short term memory loss for any type of terminal, terminal illness. Ill- illness that, yeah. Yeah. And it's like how how do you live with yourself knowing that someone else's life uh you're part of someone else's life you're burdening someone else's life is sometimes what here's the thing though that's a very heavy word that you use burdening and but the thing is what this movie then goes to show us is that there is gonna be that one person who doesn't see it as a burden who embraces your illness who wants to be like genuinely wants to be there not because of guilt not because of i don't know something else but it's it it's a genuine love and unconditional care for you as a human and your existence makes their life better there there is going to be that that person out there it's funny like this is like this is like the disney princess movies of people with terminal illness like it's yeah this is what the happy ending looks like and it's like can i tell you how mad it makes me that it's a bleeding adam sandler movie like right. for christ's <laughs> <Mentioned that. laughs> sake 
Like, it's not a Spike Jones movie. It's not something that, you know, would premiere at TIFF. It's a, it's an Adam Sandler film, for Christ's sake. And because it's an Adam Sandler film, it's not just pure, as Nikki and I were alluding to earlier. It's incredibly problematic. Yes. <laughs> it is very pl- problematic in the sense that, you know what, though? Like, this is only things that we would know because 2020s woke as fuck. Like, yeah. we, like, honestly... Ula, what's he's not Hawaiian, okay. but he's playing a Hawaiian character. Every single Adam Sandler movie has like this cast of characters that always shows up, and Rob Schneider is always one of them. Like I think in eighty percent of the movies, Rob Schneider has to show up, and there's like a couple other characters that show up as well for cameos. That's the thing with with Adam Sandler movies; it's like a bunch of cameos all within the same sort of like sphere. So. Mm naturally there's always going to be like some sort of kind of offensive stereotype and Ula is that stereotype right from the get-go so he plays uh, what is supposed to be a native Hawaiian uh, person an indigenous Hawaiian person and he is incredibly offensive he says words in Hawaiian that is not i assume i think it's a bunch of garbled nonsense i think a lot of it like when the child like the names that he calls the children are a lot of like very staccato um syllables put together meant to sound like a hawaiian name and i'm like guys come on um mm-hmm. or like at the very end of the film when um uh adam sandler is like going away on his uh big adventure and he like says some like what sounds like very specific like hawaiian you know profound profound proverb and uh, it literally is like when he asks oh yeah what does that mean he's like bring me back a t-shirt yeah fucking i I died it's a i'm a medium husky i'm a medium husky (laughs) (laughs) and i was like come on my dude like yeah there's a scene where he's doing like what is i put i put traditional in many quotation marks uh Ugh, but a traditional dance scene oh no my gosh i don't i don't agree with that i that doesn't sit well with me and also the very just like transphobic there's so kind of, many uh, transphobic oh, jokes in this transphobic moments with the uh is it russian character this, yeah this eastern european Out- person yeah, alexa yeah they make reference to her either being far too masculine not too feminine they make a lot they poke a lot of fun at her physique they take a lot of fun of her uh just like in general she's she's just like a punching bag for sure very problematic <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it comes up a few different times as well. Like, there's uh, that one scene where uh, Lucy goes and, like, talks to a bunch of her old friends, and there's Mm -hmm. that one character who's transgender, um, who they, like, misgender a bunch, and they, like, really classify as, like, a flamboyant gay man. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, there was just something about that that didn't sit right with me. There's a lot of those moments, and I know that, like, Adam Sandler is from that era where, like, you know, you made movies in the 90s where there's, like, a lot of, like, transphobia or, trans like, transgendered people in general is a little bit of, like, a a, a punching bag. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, it's an easy laugh, right? 
But oh, yeah. Yeah, like watching it now, I mean, this movie was was done in 2004. So coming off of that sort of era of what those movies are, like we we can't watch those anymore with like without addressing it. For sure. It's the yeah. Gen Gen Z, Gen Z generation now and 2004 is when they were born. So they yeah. they didn't have a problem with it until now when they're old enough to understand the English language and they're just not semen anymore. So it's like Jesus. It's very weird watching a movie now where it's, it's, there has uh, all these kind of things like transphobia, gender yeah. fluidity jokes, uh, all white cast, some people portraying very stereotypical Hawaiian people who are not Hawaiian. It's yeah. all of these things. I can't say like, oh, well, all of that aside, you know, all of that being considered, it, it, it is like still a good movie. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's like the A story of it. If you strip away all of the other stuff from it, you just strip away like all of the cameo characters, you strip away all of that stuff, you're left with a very beautiful story. Like it's a gorgeous mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you just need to really focus in on the A story uh, to get to that point. Yes. I think the dynamic between lucy and her father was also very sweet uh, oh man I, a, and another comic I relief would it. be the brother yes yeah the, the, the just the freaking steroids to stay off the roids literally and i love that dan Aykroyd, who's like a comedy legend was also the doctor i found that hilarious uh, yes. So funny. And it was just like, he he likes to drop, it, it's very Dan Aykroyd, but he likes to drop a lot of one-liners very stoically. And like, it 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 hit every single one. Every single one. I was like, oh man, Dan Aykroyd couldn't have chose a better character. Mm. Yeah. And like, speaking of like, funny moments, uh, the security guy. At the Institute. Oh, hilarious. man. He's in every movie. Like, he's a wedding guest in The Wedding Singer. You'll recognize him in The Wedding Singer. Okay. He plays, like, the town useless guy in Mr. Deeds. Uh, like, he's in every Adam Sandler movie <laughs> in some capacity. His, he's like, oh, hi, Lucy. And then Lucy goes, like, doesn't say anything back, looking at him like, who the fuck Wh- are you? And he's like, wow, What's her rude. Problem? Yeah, what's her problem? And the other security guard's like, she's got she's brain, brain damage. damage. <laughs> and he goes like, man, I suck at my job. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's funny. It's like, and that's the thing. There's like, it is, if you really were to strip away all of the humor from this movie and do this as a drama, it would win Oscars. Mm. It's It's so funny. And that's why I'm so mad that it's an Adam Sandler movie. If you were to write this in the opposite way and really heighten the drama and strip away all of the nonsense, strip away the, you know, the token one, like, elder man who's always at the bar, the the one Asian guy. Take oh, away dude. All- yes. No, man. The funny Asian dude at the restaurant. I oh, can't. God. You got to keep him in somewhere. He's <laughs> my favorite character Fucking just, he's, like, looking like a bunch of assholes. Literally. Or, like, you know, when that that scene where Adam Sandler tries to get Lucy to eat breakfast with him, and he's like, oh, look, it's a picture that I drew on this napkin of me and my dad fishing, 
uh, you know, and then he yeah. goes like, "Hey, can I can I have that? Like, I I need something to wipe my ass with later. Like, oh my fucking God. just delivery. The it's the way that Asian so man deadpan. delivered the lines, I I couldn't. But oh yes, if you had made this movie or the the A line story into like a notebook kind of into like yeah the notebook and like how how they would have filmed that. Yes, bro. you do it. You do it in such a way. Like I would write it the way that like Richard Linklater writes things, and then I would I would get Spike Jones to direct it, and I would win three Oscars. You should. Oh man, oh man. Do I like? I think I should like email Adam Sandler and be like, "Yo, can I get permission to like rewrite this?" Or you write the movie from her perspective, which is like, no, you know. then it would be like Memento, and everybody either loves or hates Memento, and like I'm one of the people that hates it. It's because it's literally told okay. from, yeah, the guy has, like, short-term memory loss and can't remember anything, and he's got her, like, and he's looking for his wife, and, like, he keeps tattooing clues on his body, so every day he wakes up and he's like, ah, a new clue. Huh. I have not watched it, but... Yeah, you're not missing much. It's interesting to see just the, I don't know, the, the dynamic of how, how much love do you have or how much love do you need to have yeah. to be able to stick it out with someone like this, you know, yeah. and every once in a while she's gonna, and like, you know, and, and Lucy, uh, the character says it when she's breaking up with Adam Sandler's yeah. character, what, how do you even envision a future for us? And that's like, the thing. Um, yeah, like, am I going to wake up one day with a big belly and, like, I'm pregnant, but I don't remember getting pregnant and, and like, I still think it's the day of my dad's birthday and, yeah. like, all of this. And, like, it's just imagine the trauma she has to go through every single morning before she watches that videotape uh, and, like, dur- or even during the videotape and then being, like, I have and it to was be so okay real. with this now. Exactly. And it's, like, so... And, and then they show that. They show that part in the movie where they're at the aquarium making out and then Henry's character tries to go in for like a boob feel and then yeah. she goes like, hey, 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 like not so fast, you know? And he goes like, well, it's the fucking 23rd time that we've <laughs> kissed for the first time. So like, and if it's your first time, so if we even it out, it's actually our 12th well, date. So we yes. actually should be boning now, you know? So it's like, you have you're just like am i gonna wake up watch a videotape of what looks like me who's married to some guy that i don't know who he is and just being convinced every morning just being convinced that uh i i have yeah trusting and like and like i'm not kissing this man for the first time like we've already fucked and like we're married you know yeah like it's so weird and i i think I think it's also, like, the idea that it's a little bit innate, too, because, again, spoiler alert, um, at the very end, you find out that while Lucy doesn't know who he is physically, she doesn't know him from her dreams. Like, she's dreamed about him. So she, she knows him in that capacity. So obviously, like, he has some sort of impact on her, but it's not a visceral one that she can touch or feel. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's almost like her brain is like in another room, sort of like hearing the story 
and like mm. replaying it to her. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. She, because there's like a wall in the way, she's like, I can't really hear it, but I can catch parts of it. No, that's a very good visual for sure. Yeah. I, I like how the movie ended. I honestly think that that was really well played out where the last scene you have is basically her waking up, which you don't know that she's on a boat, but she's yes. on a fucking boat. And she wakes up, she sees the videotape and she plays the videotape and sees that she's married. She's married. Yeah. But what they don't show on the videotape is that she also has a daughter. So basically at the very end of the videotape, you hear Adam Sandler's voice saying, Hey, wear a jacket it's cold and she wears a jacket she comes up to the top of the deck of the boat and and then and then he goes meet your daughter yeah if you can just imagine that for a moment where you have to somehow in the future explain to your not so young daughter that mommy doesn't remember you i would like to see you know what if there was a sequel i'd like to watch that i want to see how it would pan out with just the daughter now and and, and her, like a daughter whose mom doesn't remember her. That's the Oscar award-winning film. <laughs> yeah, it might just be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the one that you write, and you got to cast like one of uh, the Fanning sisters, whichever one of them. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how you do it. Oh yeah, and make sure that there's like you know BIPOC representation. You have to. Yeah. Oh, you have to, to qualify for, like, the the awards now, right? You have to, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you would do it in such a way where it wasn't offensive either. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> recast actual Hawaiians. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, on top of that, like, you'd have to make sure that at least, like, a woman was on the writing team. Maybe this woman, for sure. Oh, yeah. Hire me, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll write your screenplays. <laughs> Chris needs to sit at that table. Yes. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Yeah, but otherwise, like, you strip it down, and and it's perfect. The actual story is great, but you have to have it in there for levity. Like, you have to have those characters for levity, or else, again, you have a drama, because there is nothing funny about their relationship. There is nothing funny about her condition. There is nothing funny about the way that the dad takes care of her. You have to have those stock characters, or else you don't you don't have a comedy oh yeah yeah it's yeah. gonna be way too depressing and and you get a glimpse of that at the very end where as i mentioned like she wakes up in the boat but you're actually watching it from her perspective it's like your first time watching the 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 video the good morning video for the first time and and you're like oh god like all of this has happened yeah this much time has passed by and they're already on the boat already in Antarctica. Like, yeah. all of this time has passed. And she has a child who's like a toddler. Exactly. Yeah. So it's very nice to see at the very end where it was like, what was this movie? Like, this movie entirely was from, from Henry's point of view. And yes. then you see it from her point of view. That was very powerful. And it was great to see that. And, and, and just, I mean, her autonomy sort of comes at the end of the movie. And you sort of see her power when she takes it back by erasing her uh by erasing him from her journal rather but it it, mm-hmm. it was nice to sort of see the comeuppance where she said fully she was like you're what kind of future are we gonna have and look she has it now yeah so yeah it was like she she put her faith in it and there it is rather like whether she knows it or not she does have it and she is living 
her life every day to the fullest. Like literally, she's living、yeah. her best day every damn day, and it's it's nice to see that it can work out. And so it's kind of like a a nice little good feeling movie to to let you know people who struggle with. Terminal illness. It doesn't mean that you're not worthy of love, and that you're not worthy of of being in a of relationship or even being able to have one. You definitely can, and and make the most、yeah. out of it. And again, it's one of those movies that like makes you realize that. But it has to be a an Adam Sandler. I will always be upset that it's an Adam Sandler movie. I this, like I'm as upset as you ruining Mac and Cheese for me. Oh, like I will forever still be like I will be mad about the rollback. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but I mean, it's overall just a beautiful story. It's beautifully told. It's smart in the way that it's done. It has the levity that you need in order to make it palatable. Whether the levity is kosher for you know the PC police is definitely not okay, but it, it does need the levity. For sure, or else then you end up with a drama, and then you end up, you know, not laughing at it, but instead crying all the way through, a la Blue Valentine, a la was the other one that you love, The Notebook. The Notebook, yeah. You know what the difference between The Notebook and this is? He doesn't coerce her into going out with him. Does he try multiple times? Yes, but she always willingly allows her consent to make it happen. He doesn't. You know, almost die in front of her if you know she doesn't agree to go out with him. It's terrible. I know. I know you don't like the Notebook. It's, it's okay. So dumb. It is okay. It. <laughs> it is all right. Feminism. God. I, I, <laughs> I still love it. It is one of those ones that will make me sob uncontrollably. So there's that. I mean, yeah, this is the one that did it for me. There's not, and that's a big deal for me. Like, I don't cry during movies. I like don't have the capacity to do that really. But this is definitely one of those movies that makes it, that just makes me leak. Like,、mm. I think the first, the first one for sure is City Lights by Charlie Chaplin. Never. I'll give you like、it. a premise of like what it is because it's actually like a super funny movie.、Mm -hmm. But like he. The Charlie Chaplin plays this character that he's like the he he he's always like the stock like street tramp、mm -hmm. like he's homeless and he basically goes to this flower girl who's selling flowers by the road and she's poor and she's blind and he buys this flower from her and he like falls in love with her immediately and he starts like taking all these odd jobs just so he can raise money so she could get eye surgery. Charlie, Ch is that is it a silent film? It's a silent film. Fuck me. And by the end, like the most beautiful ending happens, and I'm just, I'm a puddle. I am just liquid goo.、Mm. It is a big deal when、uh, when Chris perspirate from her eyes. It's doesn't happen、yes. often, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. And this is one of those movies that does it. I think it's because like it it hits close to home. In terms of feeling, but I don't know. There's just something so honest and loving and sweet about it. And there's like, you know, Adam Sandler sings that very sweet song to her, which is funny because he does the exact same thing in The Wedding Singer. Nice. Which I thought was like a funny little callback, which is why I think it'll be great to watch that one next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like there's always this very sweet, honest 
relationship that sort of evolves between those two in particular. Was this as deep as The Wedding Singer was? I don't think so, but it was definitely close. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So we're going to get into the rating of this movie. Oh, yes. The best part, (laughs) the ratings. But a little side note from future editing Nikki, if you do hear some weird ass noises in the background that I am unable to cut out, Chris is having her home reno. I think you guys would have known if you listened to two episodes back, uh, she's getting her floors redone. So if uh, editing Nikki in the future cannot eliminate those noises, that's what it is. It's sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. But you know, show's got to go on. So we got to fake it till we make it. Exactly. (laughs) So it's either my cat, like just meowing in the back, or you've got hardwood floor installation. You take take what you can get. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yes. But let's get on with the uh, with the rating. Of this movie. Chris, what did we give cinematography? Uh, nothing really special about the the look of the movie. I mean, Hawaii is beautiful, but compared to, I mean, guys, the last movie we did was was Crazy Rich Asians, and that was just oh, extravagant. Yeah, that was the look of that movie is what eating lobster in silk pajamas at midnight in your bed with a side of caviar. Yes, with caviar on top. Oh, yes. um, and maybe a top with some scramp. And then finish with some delicate, decadent tiramisu. Yes, yes, absolutely. All of those things. Mm-hmm. This was not that. No, it wasn't. Yeah, don't tell, like, it, don't, don't get me wrong. It, it It's beautiful. You get some beautiful shots. That one scene where they go to visit the tree that Lucy has run into and it's sunset and it's them like chasing each other through like that one little like grassy area. It's like very beautiful, mm-hmm. but like, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. So we're going to give that a five out of 10. Yeah, it passes. It doesn't really serve like any purpose. Uh, I don't think that there was any moments where it was like just one long shot, uh, anything that was just very technologically advanced for that age of a movie. Um, So yeah, five. And then for casting, uh, we gave it a six, right, Chris? Yeah, six out of 10. Uh, There was a lot of white people in this movie. So white. There was Wonder Bread. A white white. person. Yes, it was so white. It was clam chowder. Um, New England (laughs) clam chowder. Not Manhattan clam chowder, right? We were, I I was going to make an Ace Ventura reference, but I, I don't know if you've seen Ace Ventura. No, I haven't. Oh my God. Well, there's a part where he's like, he needs to guess a password and he's like, the password is New England clam chowder. And then from the other side of the door, they go red or white. And he's like, well, I can never remember that. <laughs> white. And the door opens. <laughs> he's like, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. But it, 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 we had, you know, Rob Schneider playing a native Hawaiian. It was, it was very white. It was slightly offensive. It was, it was a lot offensive. It was a lot. Yeah. But otherwise, like I wouldn't have casted anyone but Adam Sandler and, uh, and, and Drew Barrymore for this. So, uh, the dad was casted beautifully. Uh, he too is also in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Um, so it was, it otherwise like the core characters they got right for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And moving on to musical soundtrack. I mean, you've got that one 
that one song that Lucy plays and sings, sorry, over and over again. The Beach Boy song, yeah, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be nice? I think that and- it was hilarious when he was singing that on his boat, setting and off crying. and crying and singing and saying, what a sick man to send me a CD that reminds me of his daughter, yeah, his daughter that doesn't remember yes. me. Oh man, that was rough stuff. It was super funny though. And like the the musical soundtrack in general, like there's a Ziggy Marley uh, song there. There's a Bob Marley song in there. There's that cover, the ukulele cover of uh, Over, Over the, the Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah, Like everything is very beachy. Everything is very uh, like islandy. It sounds like like sunshine and beach water. Yes, uh, I think it was. I think it was like appropriate. So yeah, eight very out of 10 fitting. Is very fitting. Yeah, very good. Level of sappiness for sure. This one is an eight out of five. It's pretty oh, yeah. damn sappy. Eight point five. That's how sappy it is. It is so sappy. It might as well be maple syrup out of a tree. It is. I like that one. Yeah. The boom baby. <laughs> yeah. A lot of uh, sweet little moments, especially all the times where he's uh, trying to, to woo her, you know? And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a very, very soppy one. Uh, tear jerker level. Since since the impenetrable Chris has cried, wow. uh, yeah. we, we gave it pretty high score. We gave it a 7.5. 7.5. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I will g- gladly, I will say it. Yeah, it, it hit me in my feels. Hit me in the feels for like all the personal reasons. It hit me in the feels because it it hit, it's very realistic in those, in, in what, the, you know, those feelings are like and having mm-hmm. to communicate those feelings. Um, yeah, so, you know, it got me, got me in, in, in the, in my soft underbelly and I, I wept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cried about yeah. an average of four times. Uh, so adding on Chris's a uh, couple times, it's a uh, uh, yeah, seven point five, and yeah. uh, overall that gives an average of seven out of ten. We do recommend this. Seven out of ten. Is it is it act is it PC? No, but uh, you know it's 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 a good time waster. Yeah. Will it sure. give you warm soup belly? Yes, it will definitely give you warm soup belly. Yes. It's like a hug from the inside and it's it's nice. It'll hit you in the feels if you need if you need to, you know, clear your your tear ducts. This is the one to yeah. do it with. Uh, Nikki, what did we what did we rate this? What did we rate this movie? Right. So we've uh this this movie is equivalent to a box of glossette chocolate covered raisins and a pint of lemon sorbet. Chris, do you want to explain further? Yeah, you know, a, a, a chocolate covered raisins are are nice on the outside. They're very they're very melt in your mouth. They're wonderful, but you know, it's it's dehydrated fruit on the underneath. So, you know, it's not always it's not always super uh, nice on your palate, but it is good for you. It's that fiber, you know. <laughs> yeah. Other than the A line story of of Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, you know, being the chocolate, the raisin is like a passing grade yeah and then i mean a pint of leverage sorbet is nice and refreshing it's a little bit tart on the tongue but you know it's 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 nice as you as you eat it as it melts it's it's pleasing but a little bit tangy you know a little a little a little tart yeah so it's like uh not the not the 
the first thing you'd reach for, you know, yeah. if you have it in your fridge, you'd eat it, but it's definitely not preferred. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not, it's definitely not, you know, your Hagen dolls, but it, it oh. is, yeah, it's definitely not your Ben and Jerry's, uh, but it's there. But it's there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Cramps and Cinema. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back next week with a regular episode, but we always like to hear from you guys. We want your questions. So send us your questions at edit to real podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the hipstagram on the Twitter at edit to real. We want to hear from you and we like hearing from you. So let us know what you think. Yes. Thank you guys for joining us again. We'll see you in the next. Stay real. Stay real.